0: This is your 1017 The Truth News Update.
1: Hello everyone, this is Rhea Riley with your news update. The Milwaukee Bucks have debuted their new 2023-2024 season City Edition uniforms. The uniform follows a traditional Great Lakes blue color palette along with a new blue tone. The players will wear these for a total of seven games this season, first being this Friday, November 3rd, during their game against the New York Knicks. Advocate Aurora health patients in Wisconsin, Illinois, have until mid-January to join a $12.2 million legal settlement. The settlement is due to an unauthorized slip where health information was shared with outside companies, along with Facebook and Google. According to a complaint filed in the lawsuit, about 3 million people who were treated through the company were affected by the data breach, which spanned from 2017 to 2022. Those who join the settlement are unfortunately looking at a small payout. Payments of $50 or less are expected to be dispersed, but that all depends on how many people join. The settlement will receive its final approval sometime next year. There's a new update on the budget for the American Family Field Stadium. According to an analysis, a new ticket tax may be implemented for all events. The tax is projected to generate between $3.2 million and $6.5 million in revenue. Lawmakers believe this will help alleviate the hefty fee of $546 million for the ballpark funding proposal. This will also help extend the baseball team's lease to stay in the city until 2050. Lawmakers are proposing the tax will be between 4% and 5%. Currently, Brewer tickets prices are amongst the lowest in Major League Baseball. This has been your news update. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on the new 1017 The Truth.
2: And the Common counselor.
0: Show me. Now live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris.
3: Welcome into the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields filling in for my brother, the great Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. You all make sure you hit the truth talking text line at 833 212 1017. Also, follow the 1017 The Truth on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And today we have quite a bit of stuff to cover. I'm really debating on how much stuff to try to get into because it is quite a, it is a lot. A lot has been going on uh, from the, the war to y'all, you all's ex president um, having fits to apparently three officers in the Milwaukee region found on the oath keepers list from someone trying to get rid of the school choice program from someone else trying to get rid of the minority teacher loan program. So it's it's a lot of things coming to us. And so I'm here tomorrow, too. So we'll we'll, we'll see how much we can get to. Uh, And that will also be based on you all calling in and showing some interest in some of these. But before we get started, I got to give a shout out to I was on my way back. I was on my way here to Milwaukee and I have to give a shout out to uh, three, three. African-American women who uh, my homegirls love what they're doing. And if you all don't know these individuals, you should probably try to follow connect and just stay abreast of some of the things that they're doing. First is Dr. Christine Missouri, Missouri foundation, Missouri international. Dr. Christine is a a soror. We all went to the same church. My wife, my, her fraternity, my fraternity brothers, her husband, and we have been good friends and. Dr. Christine is doing Tanzania Day. And I'll tie a little little bit of this in into the end of the discussion as why these kinds of things are important. Uh, Dr. Christine, Tanzania Day held November 9th, 2023, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. down at Milwaukee City Hall. And what we have been doing for years now is trying to work and bridge the gap between Uh, Milwaukee and Tanzania. And one of the reasons why that's important, and and again, I'll get to this uh, maybe at the end, is that when you look at us as black folks, uh, black people, we need to have alliances and partnerships with more than just each other here in America. So we've been trying for years now to really just build upon this relationship with black folks from here and black folks from Africa, uh, Tanzania, South Africa, uh, uh, Zulu, 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 Nepal, I'm, I'm messing that up. But um, Dr. Christine is really the at the forefront and November 9th is Tanzania Day. So if you all don't get a chance or get a chance to stop down by City Hall and and just participate in the event and get to learn about The potential relationships that we're trying to foster, whether it be economically, educationally, um, my family is being in rites of passage. And so a lot of these things I think we as people need to really support. Uh, Another young lady is by the name Britt Gostchalk. Britt is the CEO and founder of Genome, which is a technology sort of based company, which. If you all have been paying attention to healthcare, AI, your data, your information, Brit's kind of thing was, hey, let's, let's, let's have people be put into a position where they can begin to make money based on their data. And so Brit Gino Me, the company she founded, sort of is this sort of clearinghouse that meets. The industry and you all as individuals and gives you some kind of control over your data, because a lot of times and we all learned this earlier on that your data, a lot of people are, are making money off of your data. And so what me and people like Britt, a good friend of mine, the CEO of Red Fox AI, we had all been talking about, well, how can people begin to make money off their own data? Because it's your data. It's your information. And so Britt has a company called Genome Me that dibs and dabs into some of that. And hopefully we'll have her on the show here. And that's a company that was funded by the third African American woman that I'm going to talk about, Dana Guthrie, who is the CEO and founder of Gateway Capital. And so Dana founded Gateway Capital. I think it's a. Milwaukee-based venture fund, I believe she's at maybe 13 $14, dollars million under management. And that was one of the companies that, as a black woman, Dana decided, hey, I'm going to invest money into this other black woman's company. You come to Milwaukee, and we can start building the ecosystem. And so <clears throat> those things are important because the first topic I want to talk about is we all have been looking at this, the war, the Israel war, Hamas, and things of that nature. And Sherwin had mentioned something like this some time ago, but on my way here and over the news, over the news breaks, I was looking at the amounts of money that we're talking about. And I'm not here to debate or argue whether or not, you for the war whatever side you're on I, I'm, I'm not here for that in war uh there typically there are no real winners right because it, it's just everybody dies people are getting hurt innocent people and so you know war is war's war and i'm not necessarily i'm not against foreign aid i'm not against us in in this international chessboard playing chess and trying to make sure we garner and keep allies relationships. But I do want to just talk about some things that made me go, hmm, I don't know if you all remember, I think it was Arsenio Hall used to do a, do a, a point on his show, things that make me go, hmm. And so the headline is USA to Israel and Ukraine. Here's what's in the 105 billion national security package. President Biden requested. Now, I want you to think about that. One hundred and five billion dollars. And so, again, let me preface this statement that I am not against. Foreign aid helping out individuals. Uh, I'm not against that uh, uh, humanitarian efforts. It, this This whole globe is a chessboard. And that's this game that we're all caught up in, whether we like it or not. And so I want you to think about $105 billion. And here's the question. And if I'm correct, B, B, we go to break after this. If $105 billion, here's the question. Could that money be used or should that money be used for more problems we have here right at home? Should we reduce that amount? Should we be sending that much to our foreign allies and foreign partners, which I'm not against, but should it be that much? Should it be $105 billion of you all's money going elsewhere? We'll have more of this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 101.7 The Truth.
0: You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
4: I know what y'all is asking
5: yourself:
0: Is it gonna ever fall off? No. A lot of speculation on the monies I've made, money's I've slayed,
3: How is he This real? is the truth is in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment, and the question on the table is: Should we? At least the question from me, uh, and I have some people on the talking text line, you know, just want to clarify, uh, you know, I I make the statement that I'm not necessarily against that or I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. But my question is, should it be that much? Should it be? Should we be sending one hundred and five billion dollars to and let me give you all the break breakdown to again, our allies? And so. $105 $105 billion in a national security package that includes military and humana- humanitarian assistance for the conflicts in Ukraine and Israel and Gaza. And so $61.4 billion in aid to Ukraine, $14.3 billion in aid to, for Israel, $10 billion for humanitarian assistance. And when I say $10 billion for humanitarian assistance, that's nine. 0.15 billion for aid for Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, other humanitarian needs, 850 million for migration and refugee assistance at the US-Mexico border. And then finally, 7.4 billion for Taiwan in the Indo-Pacific Pacific region. So you all make sure you call in, hit the truth, the truth talking text line at 833-212-1017, and just let me know. Do you think that it sh- that we should be doing it, yay or nay? And do you think it should be that much? And here's why I'm posing that question. Uh, one of the one of the listeners, the audience members, said, "You know, we have our own humanitarian needs right here," and I totally agree with that. And I'm just going to list you some. Right now, one of the most humanitarian needs we have, as far as I'm concerned, is the racial gap. In our education system, U.S. pre-K-12 academic achievement, when you look at the statistics and the, the data for black kids in particular, here in Wisconsin, if we are not still dead last, we are near the bottom. And so how much money does it take for us to say, you know, everyone deserves a quality education. Everyone deserves the the opportunity to empower themselves. Somebody said our allies are their allies. Good point. Good, <laughs> Great, great, great question. And so when we look at the achievement gap throughout America. And we look at that kind of money, we have people here, we have teachers. My wife is a teacher. We have we you know, we we have people in the education system saying money is we, we don't have enough. You have people coming out of their pocket. Well, with 105 billion dollars, is it logical to ask the question, well, what could we be doing with that? Another issue: homelessness. And I'm just take you you we can have a number of issues. I just pulled these three. Because they were easy to find, and there were some numbers to them, and so did you know that it would cost twenty billion dollars to end homelessness in the United States? B twenty million dollars it would cost to end homelessness, man. I'll, I'll wait for your reaction, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's wild, Jason. Seriously, twenty million to end homelessness, and yet. We're sending a hundred and a hundred and five billion again. You know, when you all are driving and we see people homeless, my wife said to me, B, she said, there's no reason why people should be homeless in America. And I agree with her. There's no reason why people should be starving and hungry here in America. Because it's not like we don't have the money. (laughs) I just told you, and this was based on data. This is not my emotion. You all know I'm big on data. Screw screw your emotions. Look at the numbers. In the words of Jay-Z, my favorite hip-hop artist, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. $20 million to end homelessness in America, and yet we are sending $105 billion to America's allies. Here's another. Child care. If you all have children or you're dealing with the child care issues, you know, for a fact, child care is not cheap. In fact, one study reports that child care costs maybe in 2022, I wanted to say the numbers was the number was ten thousand dollars and six ten thousand six hundred dollars a year for child care. Which means if if you 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 gotta be making <laughs> like fifty five or forty five thousand dollars just to take care of you. If you're not making thirty five forty thousand dollars and you have children and you're spending ten thousand six hundred dollars a year, you struggling. And so, let's look at the number again from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two. The economic toll of child care went from 57 billion to 122 billion. Now I can make the argument that had you invested some money earlier in 2018, maybe you would have offset some of that cost. But I want you to think about that. Child care in America, in the U.S., rose from 57 billion to 122 billion. It costs. $20 million to end homelessness in America. Kids, black kids in the education system, we would need roughly around, I want to say there was around $700 million, which is a huge number. But when you think about the amount of money that we are sending elsewhere, the question has to be asked, you know, Who's going to help us get our stuff together? Who's going to help us get our stuff together? I'm not going to even talk to you all or incorporate in this discussion how much money America owes China. Because that just that that makes it even worse. But the question of. One hundred and five billion dollars. And yet we know if we wanted to tackle some of these problems that we could because the money's there. So you all make sure you hit the truth talking text line at 833-212-1017. Uh, someone from the talking text line, we don't have the money. They have the money. They have it. And we are begging them to help us, but have chosen to help their own. You know what? That is, and and I'm going to actually, I agree with you. Um, I actually agree with you. Chris Jr., Twenty million to stop homeless, homelessness sounds cheap. It is twenty million a day, week, month, a year. That would be a a, a twenty million dollars. I don't think it's not a day. Um, but and I can forward you, Chris, the article. But going back to the the issue around you know us working together. Um why aren't we doing that? And this is something that I talk to uh, or talk about on the show all the time. Um, You know, we talk about this stuff all the time to see, well, what are we going to be doing? To somewhat address our own issues. And I'm not necessarily a fan of, quote unquote, begging. I do believe that we've been here and we deserve the right to be treated with respect. Um, but respect, nobody's going to give that to you. And so that, that leads into the question, what are we going to do as people? B, I see we have a caller, Alfonso Fair, on line one. <clears throat> Alfonso, what you got for us?
5: Well, what I was going to say when it comes to them helping people in other countries, is all about the skin color and hair. Because if you help them, they will understand white man's ideology. Let's not forget, with black folks, we got buying power because we spend 1.8 something trillion dollars. We as black people just don't want to do right and put that money within to each other. Because you got some black people who got the slave mentality. You got some black people who got a fetish for race play. You got some black people who feel if they do right by each other, <laughs> somebody's getting over. So, And we can't even come together to vote. So we have the power, but we, we know how to come together for funerals, funeral, mm. church, Jesus. <laughs> but when it comes to doing something on earth, just like when we had a chance to put somebody in there, oh, I, I can't vote for that person. They don't sit right with me and God. But you fail to realize God can't control nothing on earth, but we have the power to control it. That's why they don't help us, because we are the only people who have the master key and the antidote. They know our potential and our power. Black people just got to understand that first, and change will come. Have a great day.
3: Fonzo. I I love that comment, man, because uh, as I've been looking into a lot of this, and you all who hear me talk on the radio show, hear me talking about that, that we are the people, Ruben, Ruben Harpole used to say all the time, we are the people we've been waiting for. And I do believe that we still see some of this because, truthfully, people do know our potential, and the danger of us all coming together with would, would just upset the whole structure, the whole infrastructure. But again, you're right. Why we haven't gotten it together? Why we haven't tried to figure it out? I, to all the points you you laid out, I agree. I'm going to move to another topic, but or unless we all want to stay on this. But here's something that caught my eye and I'm going to say this and then we'll go to break and be right back. So I've been following a lot of this and the question and you all may know if you all been paying attention. There has been a lot of talk about who are the children of Israel. And what I've started to see was a lot of people, even Jewish individuals, even Pakistani individuals, even a lot of individuals. And the king of Egypt said this. And it was an interesting statement to me. And I, Ivy, I see you. We're going to come back to you after the break. He said, and I want you all to think about this. He said, the problem that we have is that the children or Hebrews, they left black but they came back white. Right. Being jamming looking at my face. <laughs> he said, here's the problem. The people of Israel left black, but then they came back white. We'll have more of this conversation on the other side. This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 the truth.
0: You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com.
5: Oh. My by my old album. On I gotta keep it moving. Make the same me, I make
2: the Y'all the know flame. I love that home. Y'all <laughs> I forgot I was on the show. I was about to get up and start dancing.
3: This is the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017, the truth live from American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown, Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. The Greater Milwaukee Urban League's 38th Annual Black and White Ball is this Saturday, and we want to bring the celebration to you. Tune in to 101.7 The Truth's Black and White Ball After Party Show, hosted by Dr. Ken Harris and Tori Lowe this Saturday from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Dr. Ken and Tori will be joined by the Who's Who of Milwaukee and may even have some surprise famous stars. So make sure you get in on all the fun by tuning in to the Black and White Ball After Party Show this Saturday from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on the new 101.7 The Truth. And the question on the table is, should we be spending or sending $105 billion when we have our own humanitarian needs right here at home? Michael, you're on the new 101.7 The Truth. What you got for us?
4: I thought you were asking the question, who are the true Israelites?
3: Well, we can ask that. That's 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 a question on the table.
4: I'm I'm am listening. Oh, it is okay. All right. Well, actually, the two Israelites were originally from northeast Africa, and that's called Israel. And if you look at the map before the Suez Canal, the Suez Canal, you had Israel and located in northeast Africa, segueing into Asia, and the people were often described by other people as being. Dark skin with frizzy or woolly hair. And as, as all we all know on the Africans on the continent, not all of them have what you, what you call woolly hair. Not all of them have what you call pronounced Africoi features or the stereotypical Africoi features. They have different features. But those who are and still are the original Israelites. Some of them do live in Israel, but they're not in power. They're the, the very much a minority. The people who are ruling Israel now are called Akhenazi. It's about eighty four percent of them, and they're in power, they're the Ak-Nasi. And one, uh, was a rabbi, rabbi. That's what I was trying to say. One rabbi from the Ashkenazi Jew admitted that he's not from the original tribe or clan original, which is Shim. If you believe the Bible, you had Jim, Shim, Ham, and, and your Fat. Yep. He admitted that he's from the lineage of your So I didn't say this. I didn't slander them. This rabbi admitted it himself. That's that's my answer as far as who the real Israelites are.
3: Thank you, Michael, for the for the for the lesson. Uh, and Michael, I've been hearing and watching again, as you stated, this is not necessarily us saying this stuff. This these are rabbis, Jews, a bunch of other people backing up exactly what you just stated, and. I had the opportunity to go to Israel. And so it was a it was a sort of Democratic delegation uh, elected officials meeting. And it was with the it was the black and Latino individuals going to sort of try to understand and bridge uh, relationships with uh, Israel. And one of the things that I came across was. You know, I asked this general, we were sitting at this dinner. And I asked the general, I said, you know, if you take away the argue, the religious argument, what is this war really about? And to this day, I still don't have an answer. And when you start to study and read things, you can see why, you know, everybody is not exactly where, shall I say, some American elected officials on a federal level, everybody's not there. And you even had elected officials on a state level who, you know, quite honestly, when we looked and we discussed things and, and I could tell you all, we were, we sat in, we were in um, a meeting and it was the Palestinian authority, uh, the PLO, I forgot. Yeah, I think it's the PLO. I forget what the, the, the acronym stands for. It was them, some, some Israelites, and and the black and Latino elected officials, you all and you all, you could feel the heat. Like if one person said the wrong thing, oh, it was on. Like it was that tense in there. Um, but they wanted to try to give everybody, you know, a fair opportunity. And so, again, I you know, should we be sending that much money? Uh, again, I I say this before. I understand humanitarian efforts across the seas. Um, but as a black person, I got to raise the point where, where are those same humanitarian efforts for our African brothers and sisters? I mean, if we're going to be humanitarian, don't just pick and choose, you know, um, I I get it though, in a sense that these are your allies, but $105 billion when teachers are paying out of their pocket, and 20 million, 20 billion dollars, and that was a year. That was 20 billion dollars a year to end homelessness. Uh to the caller that that asks about that, 20 billion to end homelessness a year. But then when you think about it in context, right, sticking on this homeless portion, Americans spend nineteen billion dollars on unplugged appliances. We spend thirty-five billion dollars a year on gym memberships. <laughs> So we out here spending dang near $55 billion on unplugged appliances and trying to lose weight. So it's not like we don't have the money. The U.S. government spent $718 billion on the military alone in 2019. So the question, should we be spending that much? Should we be sending that much? We got some problems here we need to talk about we need to address and I would love to see us doing more of that because one of the things that we know and I hate to sound cliche but a rising tide lifts all boats and we all know that when America has you know a cold black folks have the flu but to some of the callers to echo their point you know whose allies are these people and I'm going to get into a little bit of Who's who 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 does black who do black people have as allies? I'm going to talk a little bit about that, because what you will see, particularly here in the state of Wisconsin. Is that as black folks in politics and outside of politics, and I'm going to give you two examples. That you still have a majority of white folks making decisions about what's best for the black community. And some of y'all elected officials just run with it. I mean, you know, just run with it. And I'll talk about why sometimes, why you often see people scared in politics is because when you don't, when you can't do nothing else, then you have this fear of losing your job. And when you lose your job, the question becomes, well, what am I going to do next? I never had that fear. I've never had that fear, which is why I did some of the stuff that I did, because I I didn't care if people threatened me and I was willing to lose an election in order to not be controlled. And what people hate most in government and politics is an educated black man. Don't you all ever forget what people hate most is an educated black man who they cannot tell or what to do or control. That's the biggest threat when it comes to a lot of this stuff. You know how to think for yourself. You know how to articulate your argument. You don't fly off the handle. You call them out on facts and numbers. And they can't control you. But there's so few of those kind of people that you'll see that oftentimes it's easy for Democrats and Republicans to make policy issues about black folks and not hear a word. So we're going to come back and have more of this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth.
0: The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, the truth app at 1017thetruth.com. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Yeah, hey,
5: yo, peak the style and the way the cap sweater. Uh-huh. The number one question is, can the feds get us?
3: Uh-huh. I got uh-huh. vendettas and dice games against hat uh-huh. fetters and to, to pump wheels and drive jettas. Take
2: back with ya. ya, hit ya, back split up. Uh-huh. A fight and lame scuffles uh, Pillowcase uh, to your face, make the shell muffle Shoot your daughter in the calf muscle A uh, uh, tussle, nickel plated Sprinkle coke on the floor, make it drug related Most hated can't fade
3: it y'all punk really? Uh-huh. I run up and stunt uh-huh. Scared uh-huh. so you sent your little mans to come kill me uh-huh. But on the contrary, I packs the Mac Millie Squeezed off on him, left the paramedics breathing soft
2: on him What's your name? Who shot your you? ties like Sinatra uh-huh. Peruvians tried to do me in I ain't paid them yet, trying to put This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr.
3: Ken Harris on the new 1017 The Truth, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. I am Jason Fields filling in for Dr. Ken, who is on assignment. And we started out talking about, should we be sending $105 billion across the oceans when we have our own humanitarian needs here? And that later evolved and it will evolve into a discussion that will end on, meaning at what point do black people start to really get to this moment where we go, you know what? In the words of Ruben Harpo, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Because what we still see is there are folks making decisions and policies that they won't be impacted by. So the first thing on the table and what I'm going to give you all is the next as the next hour and a half or hour and 10 minutes. is I want you to question as a black person. Whether it's Democrats or Republicans, who, who has your back? Because you're going to see coming up that you get an attack from both sides. So where does that leave us? Monaco, Wisconsin, in a significant step forward, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, which is a progressive-leaning liberal court now, has taken preliminary action on a landmark lawsuit that challenges the constitutionality of Wisconsin Schools Choice Program. Wisconsin school Choice Program, mostly for low-income, poor black folks. This lawsuit brought by... A coalition of concerned citizens, none of you all, I would imagine. Parents, none of you all, I would imagine. Taxpayers, none of you all, I would imagine. With the support from the Monacoa Brewing Company Super PAC. The lawsuit primarily focuses on several state-funded education programs that the lawsuit contends undermine public education and violate the Wisconsin Constitution. I could read more and more but let me tell you all the truth of how all this stuff happened. First off, there were black folks in the assembly and legislature, legislature, who when school choice was created, the funding mechanism was to give more money to Milwaukee. You want to know who killed that? Black folks. Black legislators Because they were afraid of not being elected. I'm not saying names, but if you feeling weird in your stomach and you hear the sound of my voice, that's on you. So black folks killed. The start of this whole thing. Yes, we give praise and honor to Polly Williams, who was the the mouthpiece and the soldier in the beginning of this thing. But whenever we started talking about money, and this is where I get a little passionate because I'll tell you how I operate. The first person to say something to me like, well, this is about the kids. That's usually the first person lying because this ain't got nothing to do with kids. This is about money and power. So when y'all hear somebody say, well, this is about the children, ask them to show you. And I can guarantee you that the first discussion that will come up will be about money. It won't be about why can't black, why aren't black kids learning? which is what it really should be about. You won't have a discussion about, well, why do we have so many white women teaching and we can't find black teachers? What happened? You won't have that discussion. You'll have the discussion about money. And then what will happen is everybody will start throwing all these cliche things that sound good, but they're not completely true. Rule number one, it takes money from public schools. That's that's not accurate. What they should say is that when that child leaves, that school doesn't get that money anymore because that's more accurate. Let me give you an example. Ben and I live in a house. The state pays fourteen thousand dollars for Ben, fourteen thousand dollars for me. The federal government kicks in another two thousand dollars to Ben kick in another $2,000 for me. And let's say taxpayers or some kind of program kicks in another $1,000. So that's $17,000 for Ben. That's $17,000 for me to be in this house to get taken care of. If Ben leaves that house, he doesn't get the $14,000 anymore, or that house doesn't get the $14,000. That house still gets the $2,000 and the $1,000. $1,000 but they don't get that 14. So when people say it's taking money away, what they should be saying is no, you, we don't get that money. And so people started treating children like their dollar signs. When in fact, anybody who has a child knows that children are expenses. So they come with all this jargon and confuse the topics and fuse the issues. Then you hear things like this. Well, those teachers aren't, certified. And my response to that is there's nothing wrong with certification, but if certification was the answer, you would not have so many people failing now. So that can't be the only thing. And I want to say this, just because you have a certification, just because you have You did what it takes to to get the designation, the certification. Just because you did that does not mean you are good at what you do. I mean, I hate to say it, but do y'all know how many doctors there are that get sued all the time? And these are doctors. That does not mean they're good. Just because you got a title does not mean you're good at what you do. So, if certification was the answer, then logic would dictate that maybe more black kids should be learning. Now, let me say this in all fairness. You have crappy schools in the Milwaukee Parental Choice Program, you have crappy schools in the charter program, you have crappy schools in the public school system, you have crappy school systems, period. Yes, I knew this was going to come up the third Friday. Let me tell you about the third Friday. Everybody does that. That's not new. Public schools do it. Charter schools do it. It's all about money. So when you talk about the Friday the third count, please don't think that that's an isolated incident. All those those school systems do that. They all rush to get kids in on the third Friday, each and every one of them. Each and every one of them. I know because I've been to all of them. I know they've done it. So. In a sense, they're all doing that money game. It's not just one system. Choice is not the only person doing it. Charter schools are not the only doing people doing it. Public schools are not the only people doing it. And that's where, Kiana, I think you missed the mark because you're looking at it as if only one system does that. They all do that. They all rush to get that money by the third Friday. That's not an isolated event. So that money, when we talk about that money, does not follow that child, or that money follows that child. Kiana, you're on the truth, the new 101.7 seven. The truth. Let me hear you, Kiana.
5: Hey, I know you don't have that loan, but that was me that text about the third Friday. I know I, I was saw always that. saying because you mentioned <laughs> because you mentioned what that you got, uh, like what the you school got? would no longer the school would no longer get the money after the kid leaves, but that. For the following, the next school year, I mean, as of for that school year, that person will get the funding. The only thing is, is what offsets that is that people also disenroll in in, in uh, MPS schools. So when that kid goes back into MPS, they they also have money that they've been kicked to that been, that has been kicked to them for yeah. students that they no longer have. Either so, a kind of offset.
3: I see what you're saying. I I, I, I agree with you. I, I see yeah. what you're saying. Uh, thank okay. thank you. Thank okay. you for that. Um, you know, and so when we talk about this, here's here's the issue that I want to bring. And thank you, Kiana, because I, I really do appreciate that. Um, here's the issue. Where is this lawsuit coming from? <laughs> Did y'all catch that? Where's this lawsuit coming from? Manaqua. Y'all don't even know nobody in Managua. Managua, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have more of this conversation on the other side. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the new 101.7 The Truth.